glad to see y'all brought your boats this morning and parked them out front. So happy y'all floated in today for worship here at Haven Church. So welcome, welcome. Let's all stand up together. Worship the Lord in one voice. Let our praise be your welcome. Let our songs be a sign. We are here for you. We are here for you. Let your breath come from heaven. Fill our hearts with your life. We are here for you. We are here for you. To you our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. Your fire fall down. Shout out. Let us shout. Be your anthem. Your renown. Fill the skies. We are here for you. We are here for you. We welcome you with praise. 
Pentecost, don't worry, you won't have a Pentecostal fit, and if you do, we'll just roll you out the door. Not out the door, just the corner. In the the love of Christ. Everybody just just get the everything else out of the way and just focus on the Lord during this song.
today we have something on our calendar and we just look at it as like just a day um yeah this is the day that you gave the promise that your that your son jesus he gave the promise that he would send another uh, counselor another comforter an advocate the holy spirit which gave life to your church it's uh, um and so god today as we we ask for more of your presence i feel some of it but god we need more we need more um, just fill this place to overflowing. We, we love you, and we just ask that, um, that, God, whatever you have planned out for us today, that it'll be an amazing experience, but, all, but more importantly, it'll empower your church as it did those, those uh, disciples and uh, the others um, in that upper room so long ago that changed the world. May we be world changers, um, filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, as, you, as we're continuing our worship, go ahead and just greet those around you, and our children can go to our Shoreline Sunday School Ministry.
right. All right, all right, all right. Then, you know, you're not used to hearing that, are you? So there we go. If Matthew McConaughey led worship. It's a weird thought. All right, all right, all right. Okay. How you doing? Good. There we go. Good. Good to see everyone. I was away last week. Um, I got to... Uh, Got to see worship in another form. It's called travel volleyball. Um, so just to let you know, there's some work. Remember the sermon we did a couple weeks ago about uh, worship? Yeah, you'll see it displayed in, in those kind of things. But um, it was a, it was a uh, time away uh, for a brief trip down um, to watch my daughter's last um, last official team event. So um, Debbie, thank you, Keith. Uh, Debbie did a great job. Uh, she did so good. She left before announcements. No, she's here somewhere, probably checking on Sunday school and things like that, but, um, but she did a fantastic job and, um, and really taught us a lot about, uh, reminded us a lot as well about the Word of God and how important it is, is to us. If you missed that, go ahead and check that um, service online. Several different things that we want to touch on today after church right here, um, so you can gather in this area. We will have our Haven 101 if you want to know a little bit about um, Haven uh, how it came about, it's, um, it's membership, but it's not membership. Like if you come, it doesn't mean that we keep your firstborn until you sign up. Some of you might sign up now because you will take your firstborn. But either way, it's just for you to get an opportunity to connect and to know what's going, going on. All right. Um, you can look at a, a planning meeting today, um, shipwrecked VBS. I'll do that video in a bit. Um, but we're going to show you a video about our Vacation Bible School, which will be the week of July 23rd through the 25th, that week, okay? And, um, and Melissa, where are you guys going to meet? In the classroom over there? Okay, so the back classroom that way, okay? Um, you can see the information about Haven Youth um, that's in there. Uh, you can read that. Uh, our Chain to Haiti status. Here we go. Where are we at? 361, so we're past Raleigh, North Carolina, all right? So if you see people who are, this, go, this goes to the general trip. I want to thank all of you who have been giving individually and, um, and also uh, helping with fundraisers that others have done and, and many different things. Um, but this goes to our, our whole trip. It also helps us do some, some ministry and other kinds of things. So there are people who, every chain is $10, um, and so there are people at the door or outside. We will let you out if you don't give. But if you, um, if you, want, us to, if you want a whole bunch of us and you don't like us and you want us to go to Haiti, it's a good way to send us. Um, but um, it's, it, it makes it possible. And what we say is there are people who are going to Haiti, but our church is going to Haiti. As we said, last year we had no clue what we were getting into. We got there and God opened the door. That Now we have a sister church. Um, Haven Community Church don't even dare get me to try to pronounce it in Creole in Haiti. And so we're excited about going back and reconnecting. And um, we were talking about uh, build your kingdom here. If you want to build your kingdom, there, there, I've been in the ministry. This will be my 23rd year. And I, I started when I was five. And so, um, but when... Um, one of the things that I've recognized, there are very few moments in life where you actually see the hand of God working in the midst of changing lives. And this has been one of those moments in 23 years. So don't miss that. And thank you for everybody who, um, who contributes to this ministry. Um, and we're getting closer. We're in, we're in North Carolina. All right. Um, Basket Bingo for Haiti will be July 13th. You can read the information about that. Today, Paris Foundation. We're all good. All right. Paris Foundation. And when's our next time, Mike? June 17th, so June 17th if you want to connect and sign up for that. Um, also, uh, on the back you can see uh, this year um, for Memorial Day a donation 
for you via Haven's Helping Hands. Our mission fund has been sent to um, the Maryland chapter of COPS, concerned for our police survivors. So we want to go ahead and um, keep those in mind as well. Let's look at our prayer request here. If, you, um, if you'll go here. Um, so Ron has asked for prayers for um, Manly Benton. Um, she, she walks for graduation. Mandy um, has, has been here. She's walking for graduation. And I first met her and having her in class. So it's been great to see how, how God has um, worked in her life. Uh, Lisa Cotton asked for prayers to lift up the McEwen family. Their son, Zach, died in um, an ATV accident last week. And the services are coming Tuesday evening to pray for comfort and for a sense of peace for the family. Donna prepares for Stephen Ministry class. They've completed their 50-hour training. Let's hear it for Stephen Ministers. That's awesome. Um, and then uh, the McCuskers asked for prayer for Betty Sandlin, who has gone um, for ho- and on hospice for colon cancer. So we lift prayers there. Also, um, we do want to share some joys. Lisa at lifted up a prayer for someone who's in need. But yesterday, she had the royal wedding. That princess uh, got married. Um, so they got married yesterday, and so we're excited for them. Um, anyone else? Uh, any other joys or anything else? Yes. Okay. Okay, so we want to lift your grandma in prayers for, it must have been broken wrist week, right? Benjamin was serving, right? You were helping out at Sandy Cove, and now you have a cast on your arm, right? Okay, so, yes, Rachel. Who was that? The Osani family? Okay, so a five-month-old has an aggressive brain tumor. So we lift that family up in your breath. Continue also to lift up Wes Pender's father um, as, as he's dealing with, um, with some cancer and other things. Yes. Yes. Uh, it was on, if some of you may have gotten the prayer from um, Kate Ray that their nephew was born. And um, is it, it was, I believe that it said it was critical condition. So we want to lift um, that family and ask for God to intervene there. Others, yes. Okay, so a good friend of Debbie's has liver cancer. So we want to lift a prayer. So much stuff, right? So much perfect stuff. Okay. All right, let's go to God in prayer at this moment. Is there someone else? Oh, I didn't see you. Oh, go for it, Michelle. Okay, all right. So if anyone didn't hear that, um, if everyone didn't hear that, Michelle just wanted to give testimony. She's been dealing with some pain, um, lots of pain, and, and God sometimes keeps that, that, there's that thorn in our flesh, but she keeps pray, praising him for being a healer, and the pain has gotten much better, and we just thank God for that. All right, all right let's go to the Lord in prayer now. God, we come to you uh, right now, and we recognize that... Um, there are great needs as we, we stop and we look at our prayer requests today. So many, um, we have some joys of graduations and celebrations, and we also have a lot of, a lot of challenges that are going around the room, a lot of health issues. And God, yes, um, as Michelle reminded us, that you are, um, 
You're Jehovah Jireh. You're our provider. But you are our healer. And um, you are the God that heals us. So, God, we call on that for these young children who are, who are born and yet immediately are facing things that some of us live our whole lives and never have to face. So, God, just be with their families. And we just ask for your Holy Spirit that we just pray that um, your healing protection would be upon them for those who experience loss or, or what have you. God, um, we don't know. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what today holds, but we, uh, like the old, old thing, we don't um, know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. So, God, we today place our lives and all these prayer requests into your hands. Now, and, and, Lord, we just ask that you make a way. You've made a way here for 10 years in the ministry of this church. And, and God, you'll do it long after I take my last breath. I just believe that in my heart. And so, as this time is together, you've been good to us. You are so good. You're so good. A lot of time, we, we lift up our concerns. Sometimes we don't just stop to say, thank you, God, for who you are and for what you've done for us. Even in the midst of the storm, God, as we talked about several weeks ago, even in the midst of the storm, you, God, are the one who controls it all. And so, and you bring us through one way or the other. And so right now, God, we just want to thank you for the many gifts that you've given to us and the blessings that we have. And so we just lay our lives down here at this moment. We continue to worship. We lay our lives and our hearts down and say, God, do your thing. Minister to us. As we give back to those who are less fortunate, those who, who you're calling us to go and do ministry to, whatever you call, I, I thank you for the goodness of your people. So God, anoint this offering that every single bit that we put in you multiply and use that, just like you did with the loaves and the fish so many years ago. Because this is your kingdom. As we sang today, build your kingdom, not ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Good morning. This morning we have two readings from the book of Acts. Acts 1, 5 through 8. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The second reading comes from Acts 19, 1 and 2. Paul in Ephesus. While Apollo was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Right, that's the last week you'll have to watch that. Don't be that excited about it. Okay, so we have been in a, believe it or not, seven weeks. Um, we've gone seven weeks. This is week seven. And um, dealing with, it's based off of this book. We've been doing a church-wide study, and several people have been in, several groups have been into this. And um, it's a book called Fresh Air. It's based off of scripture. But the, the whole premise behind this is, is that our, our spiritual lives, like in everything else, we kind of get in the doldrums. Remember week one, which we talked about um, your choice, is we talked about that a lot of times we get into the doldrums, and the doldrums is actually a place around the equator where the winds go a different area, and so it's actually a place where the air is completely dead, but they can also get, <clears throat> excuse me, lots of storms in that area, and, um, and so what happened before they had motor power, people would get into there and try to get out, and they couldn't, and they would just float around and die if they didn't float the right direction and get out of there. And so some of us are like that, Um, not only in our faith, but in all kinds of things. You remember when you got that first job that you really liked? Anybody remember that? Anybody ever get tired of a job? Okay, I heard, people didn't say the one they liked, but everybody said, tired of a job, and everyone, yeah. I heard somebody groaning, I think. Um, But but yeah, you know, but when we, I remember when I first got out of college, I had had a job, and I remember taking my parents to Red Lobster. Yeah, a big spender. I think it made a whopping $20,000 or something like that. Um, but it was, I was excited to have that job, okay? I remember having another job after that, and it was not exciting, but I did it, okay? And so, um, 
But we get in doldrums in our lives, and sometimes that happens in our faith. I remember in some of my early high points of faith where I was just so elated about the things of God, and then sometimes you feel like that. For Here, I'm going to hit on who's old here. Remember the time to make the donuts guy? You just For you young people, it was a commercial where he'd get up every morning, time to make the donuts. He just had to keep making donuts. And I like eating donuts, but I can't imagine um, making them every day of life. So we've been through several things. As I said, week one, we talked about your choice, that you have a choice before you, and it's based off of this scripture, um, our key scripture, this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you. And you can see here, I have set before you a choice, life and death. And so what should you choose? Life, you should choose life, and that's the premise of that, how we started that, and that's been our theme verse. The next week, we talked about catching your breath. Slow down, cowpoke, right? Just catch your breath. The next thing we talked about, the tood, remember that? Your attitude. A lot of us have a bad attitude. How many of you have been having a better attitude since that message? How many still have a crappy attitude? All right. yeah, I can see it when I said, how do you like your job? Yeah, okay. All right. Um, then we talked about love is in the air. Remember we talked about worship? I remember we realized that we ain't there that, we get, that God likes it loud and obnoxious, okay? If you don't like loud and obnoxious, you ain't going to like heaven. There might be a little corner where you can sit around and listen to harps all day. Go for that. I'm not in that section. I want to be where Jesus is, okay? And he likes it loud and crazy. Um, so um, then, then we talked about the last week that I was here, uh, love is in the air. And we talked about fellowship and and meeting together and not giving up on the habit, not only in church, but also in the small group atmosphere, that we need each other. And we had you look at different people and tell you to need you. Last week, Debbie shared about double-edged and alive about the living word of God and um, really went ahead and reminded us about the power of the word of God and how we often take it for granted, take the word for granted. And so today, we are going to uh, wrap this uh, section up, and it's perfect timing um, when Debbie and I w- <clears throat> went through the schedule, we just scheduled it out, and then when it got here, we looked, and today is breath of heaven, and it just so happened to fall on the day of Pentecost. For those of you who may not know what the day of Pentecost was, 2,000 plus years ago, after Jesus resurrected, uh, he ascended into heaven, he said, God's going to leave you something else. He's not going to leave you alone. He's going to send another, another counselor, another comforter. And so what happened is they were all in one place. The old joke as a kid, they were all in one accord, which means they had a Honda. Um, but anyway, they, they, were in a, they were all together in this one place, and they prayed and prayed day in and day out and day out, and the Spirit of God fell, filled the place, told the tongues of fire. They began to praise God in um, and the, the manifestation of the Spirit in different areas, and all these people who were traveling from around the country, from around the world, came and heard them praising God in their own language. And then Peter gave a sermon. Up to that point, we hear Peter as denying Christ and doing all kinds of other things, but filled by the power of the Holy Spirit, that day 3,000 came into the kingdom of God, just by him sharing and letting the Spirit work through us, okay? So that is where we were. So today I wanted to add a new verse, because I want to tell you something. Um, uh, at our next series, Melinda, I don't know whether you can put that up there. Uh, we usually put it at the end, but we're gonna. Uh, God kind of led me after I read this next verse that in the next few weeks we are going to go ahead and we're going to unpack the Holy Spirit. We're going to spend some time in the Holy Spirit, and so we're going to uh, do a series, like a three-week series, called the Third Person. 
Okay, so that's what we're going to spend time with. So I really hope you, you come and connect. Uh, and after today, hopefully you won't be weirded out because um, we are a little bit weirded out. Thank you, Melinda. So our scripture lesson that you're going to get tired of hearing in the next couple weeks is this one that Ron read to us, which reminds us that Apollos, that's Paul, uh, I mean, that's Peter, excuse me, was in Corinth. And Paul, just, he was taking the outside route. Paul said, I'm going to take the inside route through Ephesus. That's why we have a book called the Ephesians because Paul wrote a letter to them. And he says he found some disciples. Now keep in mind, we skip over this sometimes. He didn't find people who were, who were not believers. He found people who were Christians. And he went to the people who were Christians and he said to them, hey, I know you love Jesus, but did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They're already believers. Everybody got that? And listen to what the response is. They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so that's why God really kind of convicted me and said, Jack, we need to focus on that because I think in many ways it may be the same thing today, that we believe in Jesus, we believe he resurrected from the dead, but we haven't heard from the Holy Spirit, or worse, we've heard from the Holy Spirit and it's been warped by men and women over the years that we're a little bit freaked out about it. So today I'm going to kind of change some of that, and then we're going to talk uh, about some other kinds of things that that go on today. Um, So we can see that basically what I want to talk about today as we've been talking about fresh, uh, about fresh air is today we're going to talk about the source of the fresh air. In other words, we can do everything we've done until this point, but we don't open our lives to the source of the fresh air, which is the breath of heaven, the Holy Spirit, then we are going to be missing something. And the Holy Spirit has gotten a bad rap. Some of you may have come from an environment where they call it the Holy Ghost. Boo! Right? I don't know about you, but the only friendly ghost I ever saw was Casper, and that was ridiculous, all right? So, but like, when it comes to ghosts, like, it doesn't always seem like something that I'd want to do. So we tell people, the Holy Ghost, boo, and as a kid, we're already freaked out by this whole kind of stuff, but when we start talking about a ghost, it messes with us a lot more. Um, A lot of us think that if we get too close to this Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost thing, that we're either going to end up wearing too much makeup or not makeup at all, you know what I mean? Everybody with me? You've seen it, okay? Um, I had a shirt, God forgive me. I had a shirt back in the 80s that had like a smeared face on it, and it said, I ran into Tammy Faye Baker at the beach. (laughs) All right, so um, those of you, Google Tammy Faye, you'll understand what I mean about that, all right? Um, I know, I was a kid. My parents let me do it, it's their fault. He was a preacher. Um, Okay, so I'm sorry. Uh, That's not in my notes, that's free today. Um, So... Some of us may think that if, if we start talking about this Holy Spirit, we're going to roam around on the ground and foam at the mouth, and, and people are going to think we're really crazy. But there's, if we're serious, there is a lot of confusion about God's Holy Spirit. Um, and so there's a lot of sensationalism around that. And so what I want to do is just remove some of those things today um, and really introduce you to the Holy Spirit via his nature as the, the third person in the Godhead, the, the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, when we look at the, and I got to tell you, the early translators had a problem. They had a problem because they had to translate this person of the triune God, the Holy Spirit, but they didn't have a good word for it. They had no good word for it. So we have it in two ways, spirit or ghost, depending on what you have. And they're not good English words that we have. But if you look in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there are some 800 times that the, the Spirit of God is talked about. So if we look in the Old Testament, which is written in Hebrew, um, we have this term right here called ruach. Now, you got to say it like you got something stuck in the back of your throat, like ruach, 
So if you're doing it, you might want to put your hand up and not spit on the person in front of you. But it's like, it's Hebrew. So try it. Ready? Ruach. Yeah. Okay, we'll pass around Kleenexes in a bit. All right. So, but here's what it means. It means a wind, breath, a violent exaltation, a blast of breath. So, like, they didn't want to translate the, whole, the holy wind or the, the holy breath of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Breath, all right? So, so they didn't do that. So they were trying to look at something. So that's why they got the spirit or, or this, like, wind, you know, the spirit, uh, ghost kind of thing. If we look in Genesis chapter 1, 2, it talks about creation, and it says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Uh, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the ruach, the ruach, the breath of God was hovering over. In the book, I think he kind of talks about how, how like if you've ever seen like a lake where everything's still, and then all of a sudden this blast of air comes across it, and it just goes, that, that you can kind of see that's what God was doing, except where it was a blast of air that just pushed it all through, all right? In the New Testament, which is primarily in Koine Greek, we have a term called pneuma, which is where we get our term pneumonia from. It means a current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. So where do we have this written about? Well, we have it several different areas, but I wanted to show you one here. In John chapter 6, um, we see that it says that the spirit, notice the words are breath. It says the breath of God, the pneuma, gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are pneuma, are breath, are our, our breath, and they are what? Life, okay? So it is a life-giving source. So they had a problem when they translated that, and so it, it's, it's difficult, but literally it, it's telling us that the breath of God, the ruach of God, the pneuma of God is simply the, the breath of life for all of us. So what I want to do with some time together is I want to take some characteristics of wind. If that's what it legitimately translates to, wind, let's look at some of the characteristics and so we can learn a little bit about who the Holy Spirit is without all the years of denominational kind of stuff, all right? So in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about Pentecost. We're actually going to talk next week about Pentecost, what that means. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, the gifts. Gifts. We're going to talk about, uh, you've heard the term, and I'm going to freak anybody out who's been churchified, charismatic. And what it just means is gifts. It just means gifts. So when you go to Christmas, you get a Christmas charisma, right? So, but we have a long history of warped sense that we have attributed our own things to God's characteristics, all right? So hang in there with me. If you give me the next couple weeks, man, I'm going to tell you, you're going to be like, wow, I got, I got this thing now. You're going to be going around spitting on people going, ah, ruach, okay? So you're going to be doing that one um, and all kinds of things like that. All right, so let's look about wind. The first thing about wind that we learn is wind is unseen. Wind is unseen. <coughs> we can't see it, right? Um, you remember, like, you remember like a few months back, actually it was March the 2nd. Remember that wind? That, I know some of you do. I know Jason does. He took him how long to get home? Hours? Eight hours to get home from across the bridge. Some of you were, were in that mess, and you, were, you, couldn't, you couldn't see the wind, but you could hear it. You could see the, you could see the effects of the wind, right? I mean, I don't, I don't ever remember a train being blown over into the wall. Anybody remember that? Never? So, but... Uh, 
we, don't, we, we can see the effects. Like, we know when the wind's blowing because we see, we, we see the effects, but we don't see the wind. Like, for instance, if I go, you're like, oh, look at that. We never, we never see those things. So it's unseen. It's unseen. But you know what? When it's like, when it's like just stale outside, you know, like when it's just like, and you have that breeze that just goes, it's just like, ah, oh. right? Like some of you have like things like this. You just go, ah. Uh. Some people have those, those hats that go like this. Some have the ones that go, and it sprays a little bit of water on you and those kind of things. We, we like that. We like having like that fresh air onto us. It feels, it feels good. And so one of the things is, but it's, it's kind of crazy. How many of us come to church and we leave church and we go, man, that rock felt good. Somebody say, what? Who did what? You felt, huh? Yeah, that new, oh my gosh, I could just, just stay there. Just stay there for a while. People would think you're crazy. You walk outside when it's hot, you're like, oh, you're sweating. And you're like, oh, that feels so good. You know, and we do that in the natural from the wind that we don't see. But we think people have lost it when they say, did you feel the presence of God today? Did you feel that in your life? Every Sunday we should come in, we should be prepared to feel the presence of God. To feel the presence of God. You know, there's something about just sitting on a porch in the summertime when that breeze starts to blow. And there's something about just sitting in the presence of God. And just experiencing him. In John chapter 20, verse 29, here we have uh, Doubting Thomas. Anybody remember him? The poor guy got a, got a bad rap because it would have been Doubting Jack if I was there as well. But here you go. It's uh, John chapter 20. And then Jesus told them, because you have seen me and have believed, um, you, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. That's, that's for us. That's for us to see. You see, we, we, all, this, all this stuff up here is good. Like the music's great and it helps do some things. And you guys get, you know, you don't even need the fantastic messages you get every week. Um, but, you know, you, you don't need it. All I really believe is if we were really in tune, all we really, really need. I mean, it's great that we have this building. It's great that we can come together. But honestly, what we really, really need in our lives is just one moment of the presence of God, and it would change everything. One breeze from the power of the Holy Spirit, and I guarantee you it would change our deal because we've got to go back to that verse that I'm going to use for the next couple weeks, which you have believers who said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. They believed and they were doing the right things and they were coming together, but they had not met him. And I believe that many of us can sit in a church. I believe many can go to seminary. I've been with them. I, I can believe many people can, can raise to the powers of bishop and everything and never have one ounce of the ruach or the pneuma of the Holy Spirit. And if they got one little breeze, it would change their entire lives. Look, at this is what Jesus said at the Last Supper. And you can read in John 13, 14 and continue on. But in John chapter 14, Verse 16, Jesus spends most of the supper telling them about the Holy Spirit. And at this point, in verses uh, 16 and 17, he said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Some of yours may say counselor. The word is actually parakletos in Greek. It means someone who comes alongside side you to help you and be with you for how long? How long? Forever. And it is who? The pneuma 
the wind, the breath of truth. The world cannot what? Accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. There are so many people that I've met in my life. And, um, and there's many people who say, you know what? I, I, you know, I actually had this conversation with someone who was a um, self-professed atheist. And I said, oh, so you have faith too. And I said, what do you mean? I said, because it takes equal amount, if not more faith, to not believe in God and say there's no God as, as it does to say there is God. It really does. You have to take a leap of faith because there is no evidence saying God does not exist. But the reason why you're saying that is because you don't see him and you don't see wind either, but you know it's there. Look around the world and you can see evidence of, of Jesus and of God in our lives. So that's, that's the first one. We need to come for the presence of God here every week. Number two, wind is unpredictable. Wind is unpredictable. It shifts on you. Now, I found it interesting. Have you ever seen at the airport where they have those wind socks that go out? And the reason why they have that, or let me, for other people who are like me, did you ever see like when the world champion Eagles were kicking uh, field goals to win the Super Bowl? Oh, that's right, they did. Um, and on the uprights, even for the Ravens, who have a very good kicker for a, la- a low-placed team. But um, anyway, um, and Cowboys, we're not even going to talk about you. Um, but, but when you have these uprights, they have flags on the top, right? What is that to tell you? The direction of the wind. And it can change on a dime. You can kick all day, and it can change. And you can't get it through the uprights if you don't know where the direction. And you have to adjust to go through there. Wind is unpredictable, and so is God. So is God. We live in a time where we think God should be predictable. We want God to fit in our box. We want him to do certain things, but God changes things all the time. For instance, we schedule worship to say God is going to do the same thing. Now, if Moses, that would be like Moses going to this, okay? Did you have your burning bush experience? Then you are not a Christian then you are not a believer because that's the way God spoke to me in a bush. Last time I checked, I only have one recorded time in history where God decided to set a bush on fire and talk from it and didn't burn up. God's never talked to me from a burning bush. Anybody else? There is one person in all the recorded history that God spoke to. His name is Moses. Why did he do that? I don't have a clue because God felt like it. There are things all the time that God does that he doesn't do again. It's just like God says, you think I'm going to do it this way? I'm going to do it completely different. And, I, and you know, it's, it's really interesting as you look throughout the scripture, God doesn't do the same thing because he knows we will worship the method rather than him. And so often we get caught up in methodology rather than who he is. In John chapter uh, 3, verse 8, look at what Jesus said. Jesus answered, the wind, the pneuma, blows wherever it pleases. It's kind of like cotton eye gel. Remember that? Where does it come from? Where does it go? All right. Um, you hear a sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. There it is, cotton eye gel. So it is with everyone born of the pneuma. Now, it's really cool because in the scripture, there was this blind man. And this blind man was brought, not that cool that he was blind, but it was cool that his friend brought him to Jesus. His friend had seen Jesus do the hand thing. Boom. Lift the hand up. Oh, Jesus was consistently healing that way. And in this verse of scripture, his friend brings him and says, Jesus, do the hand thing. He actually tells him, lay hands on him and he'll get well. And Jesus goes and goes, in the dirt, makes a mud pie and puts it on his eyes. Now, some of you are really creeped out because you're like, if you got that one friend to come to church that's never come in a long time, and I said, bring him here, you'd be like, 
what is he doing? No, I said, do the hand thing, not the spit mud thing. I never seen that. That's, it was like Jesus saying, you want me to do like this. I'm going to do. Right? Read the scripture. It's there. And Jesus didn't even say anything different. He said, you know what he said to him? Now go find the pool and wash up. He told a blind man with spit mud pies in his eye to go wash up. Does that sound like somebody you want to serve? And what happened? The man was obedient, he did it, and he could see. Because Jesus said, I'm not doing the method that you want me to do. And I think some of our struggles is because we don't know the pneuma of God. We know the methods that God is doing, and we say, do it again. Do it again. Like, he's like, nothing in my, in my sleeve. Oh, here you go. He's not a magician for us. He's not a magician for us. We are to be obedient, and we see what happens. We need... God so much, that, and we don't need his systems. Our systems have nothing to do. We just need one moment in the presence of God. Next thing is, wind is very powerful. Wind can drive ships across the ocean. It can provide energy, and it can destroy. We, we can recognize that again back on, in March of this year. Winds were up in the 60 miles per hour of gusts. Um, I just did some, some search. You remember Hurricane Irma in, um, in September? Um, had 185 mile per hour winds. Now, you remember how much 60 was. Can you imagine 185 miles an hour with wind gusts up to 215 miles an hour? Uh, Katrina, 175 um, miles per hour. Andrew, 175 miles Per hour, Camille back in 1969, 175 miles per hour. Rita and Mitch, 180. Um, the Florida Keys in 1935, 185. Gilbert was 185, and Wilma was 185 miles per hour. And Allen was 185 miles per hour with a maximum of 190 miles per hour. And the thing about that is, with these winds, they were destructive. People died in them. People died in, in those areas. They didn't see the wind many times. Sometimes you do if it's a tornado, but sometimes you got to recognize that it's destructive. Going through, there's some of us here who are going through stuff that many of us don't see, and that basically it's stuff that can't be fixed in the natural. And you need the Spirit of God. You need the Spirit of God, but you're, you're afraid to connect with the Spirit of God because how it's been packaged to you. Let's look at what it says in Acts chapter 1. Jesus said, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He was telling them about the Spirit of God, this powerful Spirit of God. And he said, hey, you going to set up your shop now? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father set by his own thing. But you will receive what? Power. You will see what? Power. Every time I hear that, I think of that old song. I got the power. You know, it's getting, it's getting, I got the power. I want to dance right now. But um, you will receive power. Power. If it is wind, brothers, how would you like to harness the power of a tornado or a hurricane that you could just have it in your hands and recognize that that is all subjective to God's power? And his spirit. That you, have, you could have this incredible power. And if you don't believe me, read the back, rest of the book of Acts. And you will see that it's not the Acts of the Apostles that some Bibles have. It is the Acts of God's Holy Spirit. Changing the world forever and ever. 
We need the power of God. So much so, I was reading about a, an old evangelist, his a revivalist in America named Charles Finney. And Charles Finney was in the 19th century, and he was an attorney. He was also a Presbyterian minister, and he said this. He said he had become comfortably knowing God in intellect and an intellectual level only. He had come to this uh, be an attorney, and he was a, a Presbyterian pastor, and he knew God in his mind. He said, but honestly, my faith life and life was lifeless, and he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And look, here's what he says right here. Let's look at what he says. The Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression. It was like waves of electricity going through me. Next one. Indeed, it seemed like, I love this, like waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it any other way. It seemed like the very what? Breath of God. You know why? Because it was the living breath of God. It changed him and empowered him. Number four, number four, wind is refreshing. We talked about that, how, how when it's hot, when it's hot, we come in a, a, a a house that is real stagnant, when you lift up the windows, when it's not too hot outside and the breeze blows through. How many of you how many remember growing up before air conditioning was all around the house and it was disgustingly sticky, but if you got that like pre-storm breeze, it's like the, the, the curtains would go, and you were like, ah. All right, it was amazing. It was an amazing feeling. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It says to us, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. In other words, what Finney was saying is something that we, rec- that we need to recognize. That if God did something miraculous in front of your eyes, you wouldn't be able to see it. If God spoke to you in your ears, many of us wouldn't be able to hear it. Our minds, we think that our, our minds are good and we need to apply our, our logic and our, and our mind that God gave us to our faith to conceive it. But he says, you're not going to go ahead and conceive that either. It's through the Spirit. It's through the Spirit that you're going to understand and you're going to come to know God. It's why we need fresh air. It's why we need fresh air and we need to create. And so I, I'm glad that I was raised in an environment that was open to the Holy Spirit. And I'll share some of that in the next uh, couple of weeks that where. Um, where I realized that there were times that there were some people that I had. I had a father who um, we used to joke and say he was Methodistal because he was a Methodist, but he was open to what God had for him, and he had his own journey in the midst of that. And yet then in an environment in a youth weekend, which I'll talk about in a few weeks, um, that, God, that I had a Charles Finney-type experience, and it wasn't um, his way because God met me in my own burning bush. And so... Um, uh, but there, it's interesting how many people who are believers are against the Holy Spirit um, and just don't understand that. So we're going to talk about that. So here's my hope for you. My hope for you comes from Romans chapter 8. That this, and here's what it is. It says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies with the same Spirit living in you. That is power. That, that same spirit. So how do I get here, Jack? How do I get to this point where that same spirit that lived in Christ Jesus also lives with me? we got a couple of things just to touch on in our time together, and it's this. We need to let go. We need to let go of fears and misunderstandings. 
I guarantee you someone freaked us out one point with this thing called the Holy Spirit, and we wanted to create our own door out the window. Hang with me in the next couple weeks. I promise you you won't do that. Uh, I promise you want to do that. I want to reintroduce you to the Holy Spirit and who he is, and I believe it would be life-changing for you. In Psalm 34, 4, what, how do we do that, Jack? How do I let go of the things? Don't look to me. Don't look to anybody else. Don't look to your charismatic Pentecostal great-grandmother. Don't look there. Here's what you need to do. I, what does it say? I what? I sought the Lord. Seek God. Look at the person next to you and say, seek God. Look at your second choice and say, you too. All right. There we go. So seek the Lord. And he, I sought the Lord and he did what? He answered me. And what did he deliver me from? All my fears. We, there are many of us who have been in the church for years. We have fears when we talk about this Holy Spirit thing. And so I'm going to tell you, seek God in this. Don't seek me. I'm going to share what God gives me. Just seek the Holy Spirit. It's interesting. This is a verse that we use time and time again. And I think if I started to grasp hold of it, my life would be a lot easier. Look at this. From Proverbs 3, 5. What's the first two words? What is it? Trust God from the bottom of your heart. And don't try to figure out everything on your own. How many of us spend so much time just not trusting God and trying to figure it out? I've wasted years. Number two, this is not just good for the Holy Spirit, but it's good for absolutely everything. Go all in. Go all in. I, I'm occasionally uh, on ESPN or flipping around, they'll have like a World Series of poker, and I'll turn it on. Anybody ever seen that? And like, I got to tell you, the guys who just click the chips all the time, I want to throw them at them because it's like drives me nuts, that clicking. But when they go all in, I'm like, oh, yeah. And they get up. What they, when they go all in, what do they do? They're like, yeah. They're walking around like this. Like, like that's going to make the card be better walking around. And they're looking, and they hit it, and they're like, yeah! And everybody goes, wow! And they lose it, and everybody goes, oh, loser. Um, you know, but there's something about when we go all in. And, and I got to tell you, this is one of the things that I struggle with the most as a pastor and as a fellow Christian is believers who are believers but don't go all in. Matter of fact, we keep a lot of our chips off the table. We keep a lot of them out here, and, and, and forgiveness, you'll forgive me with this, because that's in the Bible too. Um, so, but, but I'm just, and I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching to me too, that there are areas of my life that I just keep my chips to myself, and I might be preaching to wrong people because they may not be here, you with, you with me? And what I'm saying is that, that we, we say and we do the right stuff, but just like those people, they didn't know there was a Holy Spirit because they kept some of their chips to their own, themselves. I think, I think some of them, some of the people that when you find out when I talk in the next couple weeks about when I had my youth weekend experience, some of, the, some of the people who were pillars and people who were long-term Christians were some of the biggest people against me because they held their chips when it came to the Holy Spirit. And so basically, there have been people over my life that when you start talking about the Holy Spirit and you talk about from a biblical sense and about who he is, there are people who say, no, that's not God. And, and they say, stay away from him. And in other words, what they're telling me to do is stay away from the presence of God. Stay away from the presence of God, and that's just wrong. So I, you know, I got to tell you, last week, last week I woke up at six o'clock in the morning. Okay, I woke up at six o'clock in the morning on Sunday, and I felt like a fish out of water. I was like, "What do I do?" So I went running on the boardwalk in the rain. 
Um, I think I just wanted to get out of the dive hotel we stayed at. Um, so, um, but um, I went running, running on the boardwalk. I listened to a sermon. Then I, I was at the volleyball tournament. I'm, I'm listening to the message here. I felt like something was wrong with me because I hadn't had time to connect to God. And I did, but I didn't have time to connect in the fellowship. And I just felt weird. I think I even told, sent a text out to them and said, I feel like it's weird. And believe me, not every week I'm like, woohoo, church, yay. And sometimes I'm like, time to make the donuts. But what I'm saying is, in every part of our life, not just the Holy Spirit, we need to go all in with our chips. And what I just want to challenge you is just to take time. Look at your life. Look at your calendar and say, is my calendar showing God that I'm all in? Take time. Take take two months. Take something and say, on this date, I'm going all in. Okay? That's a whole other sermon that we can get there. But look at what it says in Jeremiah chapter 29. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with some of your heart. With all your heart. Some of the reason we haven't found God is because we aren't seeking him with all of our heart, all of our heart. We can't filter God and experience him at the same time. Number three, develop an intimate friendship with him. The whole, this is the Holy Spirit's role in your life. Remember he said, I got somebody who wants to come alongside you. I got somebody who wants to come alongside you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. Look at what it says here. The amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ. This is a benediction. It says, the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all and be with all of you. There are specific roles that are shared in that benediction. And when we look at Isaiah, when we get to know the Holy Spirit, we kind of have this, we understand his voice. And here's what Isaiah said. He said, when you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's an intimacy with the Holy Spirit when we spend time with him. You see, there, in that benediction that was given in 2 Corinthians that ends a service, and you may have heard something like that before, that there is the roles that are displayed in the triune God. What are they? I don't have this in your bulletin, but it just came. God just wanted me to share this today. Number one, God the Father loves me. You don't hear anything else. God the Father loves me. That's why we're here still, because he loves me. Jesus the Son saves me. And I say many of us in the Christian faith are really good with those two. We know that God loves me. Even from our youngest age, we say, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Right? We know that. We know, we, we know songs, there are so songs about, about Jesus saves, about Jesus saves, okay? About salvation, the old rugged cross. We have songs that we sing every week about the salvation of God. So we know that God loves us as our Father. We know that the Son saves us, but what we forget is that God the Holy Spirit is with me. And if I have the love of God and I have the saving of the Holy Spirit, but I don't have the the saving of Jesus and I don't have the Holy Spirit with me every day, I'm going to lose this battle because I need him. Jesus knew it was too tough that I needed his Holy Spirit with me. So as we look at, as we wind this service down, I want to take you to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30, which says this, don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. Now, if you see that, that's something you better pay attention to. Don't grieve God and don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you 
is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. So my thing to you today is don't take the gift of the Holy Spirit for granted. Hang in here for the next couple weeks, and my prayer is that you're going to get to know him so much. And that's what our, 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 um, our last point, our last principle, we've had seven of them. Our last principle is this. Get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. Get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be introducing him for the next couple weeks. So if you really want to get to know him, go ahead, come on out. And I hope that you will have fresh air in your life. All right? Worship team, come on up. Let's, let's uh, do some Holy Spirit stuff, okay? Um, and everybody else, get on up. All right, here we go. Let's just pray. God, we just thoroughly love you, and we thank you for the love of the Father, the saving of the Son, and God, just help us to get to know that your Holy Spirit is with us. Help us to look at those things about the the wind around us, and I pray that through, especially this next week, anytime there's a breath, a breeze, or anything else, that we will just think of your Holy Spirit. It'll just remind us that you are with us. We may not see you. Sometimes it's hard to see the results, but God, that we will know that you are with us there and present. So God, minister to your Holy Spirit. We lift it up before all the needs that we have here today. The greatest need we have is just to come to know you through your Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that there's many of us who have been in the doldrums. Many of us are just floating around. Much like Charles Finney, we know you by, by knowledge. We may even know you by degree. And yet what we need is one breath of your spirit to encounter our lives. Just one little to change everything. So God, as we are in the stillness of our hearts and our remaining time together, give us that breath. Give us that breeze. Give us that breeze. In areas of our lives, in our marriages, that everybody else may think is good, that may be falling apart or we feel like they're falling apart, God, breathe life into them. In our marriages that are in the doldrums, God, just breathe new life. In our job situations where we can't find a way out and we feel trapped, God, breathe life into that. In our broken family relationships, breathe life. In our own hearts where others have left us broken because of all the stuff they want to pour onto us and, what, and the box that they want to put you in, and we're confused about who you are and if you are, breathe life into our faith. We need it. In any situation, if there's not a newness flow of water or a newness of life, a newness of air, God, if I stopped breathing right now, I'd be dead. So I thank you that my lungs are still breathing. I thank you that you breathed life into me this morning and that you breathed life into me several years ago. And as the scripture reminds us, as long, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has spirit, let everything that has pneuma, let everything that has ruach, let us just praise the Lord. And God, here we are. Fill us. So as we commit this time to you, God, there's people here who don't know you. You don't even know. They may not even know that you love them. They may have, a, have had a father or mother and they don't understand what love is. Tell them, hey, You're the author of all love and all that stuff is warped, God, just right now. Let them open up their hearts and their lives that you can love them. 
Let them know that they have a Savior, his name is Jesus, who even though we all miss the mark of what you have intended, we're every single one of us, and we like to spend our time in, in churches and in, in, in society ranking what's worse or what's not. We know that for you, it's all missing the mark that we call sin. And so God here's right now is what we come to you and say, let people know that you came and paid the price for that. We just have to accept who you are and open up our hearts and say, you know what? I don't understand everything, but what I do need is I need love and I need, I need to be made right. I need those missing the mark to be put on the bullseye and we can only do that through you. And God help us recognize your spirits with us. Some of us have been in the doldrums. We need fresh air. Breathe, God. Breathe. In your name we pray. Amen. If you need to pray with people, the, the altar is up here today. Just seek him. Seek him. Ask for the Holy Spirit to just breathe new life into you during this time. Love, 
I was thinking, you know, one of the one of the biggest things, and this guy kind of gave me this illustration, but I didn't want to gas you out early. Um, so I was thinking, we like things to happen immediately, right? So we like, all I had to do is, I had little effort to turn that on, right? And it just comes, but if I wanted to blow, like, the stuff out of my path as I'm walking, I'm going to be taking a long time doing it this way. So, but, you know, sometimes it takes a while to prime the pump, Sometimes you need a little bit more, right? And so, and sometimes you go ahead and you have to start. Oh, sometimes. Want me to blow that sneeze away? There we go. So what I'm saying is, I can blow the stuff away big time there. Can you feel that? So what I'm saying is, what I wanted to do, what I, want, what I believe God wants us to do is spend the next couple weeks priming the pump, all right? Priming the pump so that you can have power that he talked about and not carbon monoxide poisoning. Have a good day. God bless. So if you want to die at Haven's uh, 101, come on up. <laughs>